0: Thank you very much. It's uh, certainly a great uh, pleasure to be back at Stanford uh, for uh, this talk. I just see that I have a problem putting my paper somewhere. Uh, That's fine. Um, My uh, uh, lecture today is about the first phase of Reza Shah's exile. Uh, As many of you will know, he died in South Africa uh, in Johannesburg But before he went to South Africa, he spent six months in Mauritius. And uh, a few years ago, I was fortunate uh, in being able to go to Mauritius. I did some research there. I went through all the newspapers uh, that uh, were appearing at the time at the National Library to look at how they had reported on uh, Reza Shah's uh, exile. And then I went to London and looked at the archives there. Uh, And uh, I put together this uh, story uh, of his uh, sojourn in uh, the island. Now, um, exiling a leader to islands is a practice that goes back all the way to the Romans. Uh, In the Roman Empire, uh, it was very difficult to exile somebody beyond the borders of the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire was so huge. So the only place where a leader could be isolated would be on on an island. Uh, And uh, this was called relegatio in insula, uh, relegation to uh, an island. Uh, European colonial empires then followed this practice. And uh, the the most famous case, of course, is that of Napoleon, uh, who uh, was sent to the island of St Helena in uh, the Atlantic uh, Ocean. Uh, the king of the Zulus, Dinu Zulu, was also sent to uh, St. Uh, Helena. Now, uh, concentrating on the Indian Ocean, which you find here, unfortunately, this shows only Mauritius, but there are lots of islands, the Seychelles here, for instance. Uh, and, uh, other islands were also a uh, temporary home to lots of Asian rulers uh, who uh, were sent by the British and uh, the French to uh, exile uh, in this part of the world. So in other words, uh, the fact that Reza Shah was sent to Mauritius was nothing new. This was an old established uh, practice. Uh, And not only royalty, but uh, for instance, uh, the Egyptian nationalist Vila Zaghloul Basha and the Cypriot uh, President Makarios uh, were also sent to the Seychelles, which is an archipelago uh, around here. Uh, Reza Shah, as I said, uh, spent six months there uh, during the Second World War. In August 1941, uh, following the German invasion of the Soviet Union uh, in June, uh, Britain and the USSR invaded Iran uh, and occupied the country. Reza Shah abdicated a few weeks later, and his son, Crown Prince Mohammad Reza Pahlavi, succeeded him on the throne. Now, Reza Shah always claimed that he had abdicated voluntarily, reasoning that uh, as a powerful monarch, he could not end up taking orders from uh, a Russian or a British uh, officer while this country was under occupation. Now. Uh, fearing that he might still exercise influence over affairs if he stayed in the country after his abdication. After all, his son was only 21 or so. Uh, The uh, British insisted on exiling him and his family. Uh, We usually speak of Reza Shah's exile, but it's, I think, an interesting fact uh, that almost the entire imperial family of Iraq was uh, exiled. Uh, accompanying uh, the ruler was his younger wife, uh, his Esmatul Muluk uh with whom he had uh, five children. Uh, all the five children went with him. Uh, Prince Walam Reza, who was the son of a wife he had since then uh, divorced, Turan, uh went as well. And two of the four children he had had with his first wife, uh, Queen Tajul Muluk, uh, also went. Uh, i.e. Princess Shabs and Prince Ali Reza. Now, Prince Ali Reza was at this point the heir presumptive to uh, the uh, peacock throne because the young shah, of course, didn't have a son yet. Uh, Essentially, this left only four members of the imperial family in Tehran, namely namely Muhammad Reza Shah, the young shah, Queen Consort Fawzia, uh, the young shah's twin sister, Princess Ashraf, and the queen mother. Uh, they all, only these four remained uh, in, uh, in Iran. Uh, the trip first took them across Iran from Tehran to Isfahan and then to Kerman. Uh, and on the way they stopped in many places. Weza Shah got very sick, he had an ear infection. Uh, he was in pain most of the time. It was the heat of the summer after all. Uh, and so they finally arrive in Bandar Abbas. Uh, and uh, on uh, the 27th of September uh, 1941, they bought a British Indian ship, the SS Bandra, Steamship Bandra, uh, and uh, they believed that they were going to South America uh, via India. There was of course no connection, no direct connection, so uh, they thought that they would go to India, and in India they would board another ship for South America. According to his daughter, Reza Shah wanted to go to Chile, whose climate, he thought, was like Iran's, and uh, which was a neutral in the war. Um, And his second choice was uh, Argentina. But like Napoleon, who thought he was going to exile in England and was informed only on board the ship that took him there that he would be going to St. Helena, Reza Shah was told that his destination was the island of Mauritius. Uh, only after the Bandra had reached Bombay. So they go from Bandarabas to Bombay, and it's in Bombay that they are told, no, sorry, you're not going to South America. Uh, Like Napoleon, uh, reza Shah protested that he was not a prisoner and had come on his own accord, protests that were politely brushed aside. And uh, like Napoleon again, who was transferred from HMS Bellerophon to HMS Northumberland in Devon without being allowed to go uh, on land, Reza Shah was also transferred from the SS Bandra to the SS Burma at Bombay Harbor without being permitted to step on Indian soil. Uh, It is, of course, tempting to speculate as to whether the men who made arrangements for Reza Shah were aware of the scenario that had played out in the Atlantic Ocean uh, 126 years earlier. But it is, I think, safer to assume uh, that uh, similar problems led to similar solutions. In both cases, the British were accused of duplicity, uh, which they denied. In the case of Reza Shah this accusation has a certain plausibility because if the British as they claimed had never agreed to take Reza Shah to uh, South America what are we to make of uh, this little note that appear, appeared in the uh, Indian newspaper the Hindu 3 days after his departure from uh, London from Bandar Abbas It says, the ex-shah of Iran sailed yesterday from Bandar Abbas aboard the Bandra, accompanied by several members of the family. According to a report received, they are expected to be on their way to South America. So here we have an Indian newspaper reporting that they are going to South America. Obviously, uh, they are quoting Reuters agency, and uh, Reuters probably wouldn't have received this information from uh, Reza Shah himself. So uh, in other words, we are a, uh, in, in the presence of a, uh, of a deliberate sense of misinformation. Uh, here, they, uh, they wanted people to believe that he was going to uh, Latin America. Now, uh, in addition to the inferior family, whose members I just uh, mentioned, uh, included was Princess Shams' uh, husband, Shereiduna Jan. Uh, it it was not a happy marriage. It was an arranged marriage. Uh, and uh, throughout uh, her stay, uh, Princess Shams remained in contact with uh, the man she really loved. We know this because of the letters they were, that were exchanged, uh, who would, of course, later become her husband, uh, the longtime Minister of Culture, Mehrdad al There are lots of letters from her, Mehrdad aziz dear Mehrdad, and so on. But anyway, uh, the official husband had to uh, go along. Esbatul Muluk, Sister Ashraf al went, uh, Reza Shah's secretary uh, Ali Asadi, Izadi, and seven servants, uh, including a cook. Now, after the uh, party reached Bombay, uh, Clermont Scrine, who was what at the time used to be called an old Persia hand, uh, in other words, a British uh, uh, official who spoke Persian fluently, uh, was assigned to escort the exile. And it was he uh, who, when he went aboard, had to had the uh, unpleasant task of uh, having to tell them that they were not going to South America. Uh, According to Prince Guadalajara, Strine explained that the British were afraid the enemy might take the imperial family hostage during the long trip to uh, Argentina. uh, Wherefore, it was decided to take them to uh, Mauritius. Uh, what really mattered, of course, was to keep the imperial family within the bounds of the British Empire, which was relatively easy because the British Empire uh, had, uh, had uh, colonies everywhere. Uh, in Bombay, the Iranians were not allowed to go ashore. The government of India feared that if the ex-shah landed in India, and here I quote, they might be faced with Muslim agitation against them, then being the British. Uh, for pushing the king of the biggest sovereign Mohammedan state in the world off his throne. Uh, And uh, this is interesting and shows the kind of soft power Iran could have had uh, in the British Empire, because many Muslims were looking up to Reza Shah as being the the sovereign of the largest independent uh, Muslim state. We'll come back to this this issue uh, in a minute. Uh, when Reza Shah learned that he was bound for Mauritius, he had no idea where the island was. Uh, but his daughter claims in her account of the trip, which was published, that she had read Bernardin de Saint Pierre's classic romance, Paul de is an 18th century novel which takes place in uh, Mauritius. It's an all time classic. There's a Persian translation, they have three Persian translations. Uh, the last one by the uh, eminent men of letters, uh, Saeed Adafissi, uh, Paul Vavirginie. And so she claims that she knew where Mauritius was. Fortunately, the ship's uh, atlas, the ship's library included an atlas. And so the members of the uh, Iranian p- party could get an idea of their destination's geographic uh, location, uh, which you can see here rel- it's an I'm relatively close to Uh, Africa. Uh, When uh, Feriduna Jan, uh, Reza Shah's son-in-law, found out that Mauritius was close to Africa, he exclaimed, Africa, we will be among lions and crocodiles. Uh, But Skrine assured him that there were no wild animals on Mauritius, and that it was, in fact, an earthly paradise, favorite holiday resort of wealthy South Africans. South Africa is here. So um, South well, Africa used to spend meditation uh in, uh, in Mauritius. Um, the servants were aghast at the idea of going to quote unquote Africa and demanded to return to Iran. But the, Frit- the British refused this request. And when the British refused this request, Princess Shams deduced that they were intact prisoners that, in fact, of all the uh, honors uh, they're receiving, they were uh, prisoners. Now, Skrine had been instructed to, uh, l- not to let anybody on board the Bandra while they were waiting for the next ship to arrive. Uh, but then he took pity on them and decided to bend the roof. Uh, an English tailor uh, was brought on board to take measurements for bespoke clothes uh, this was a problem because Reza Shah had never worn civilian clothes while on the throne. All the pictures of him that you have, uh, he was a uniform. So uh, his first suit was actually made for him on the way uh, from uh, Tehran to Bandar Abbas, and Nan, uh, this tailor, was brought on board uh, made clothes for all the rest of them. And uh, when Skrine learned that there was a pilot in the harbor whose wife was a Mauritian, uh, he smuggled her on the ship. And she had a long uh, conversation about her homeland, Google Princess Champ, who who knew French. And she managed to assure the Iranian party that Mauritius is, in fact, a civilized place. Um, Skrine spent the rest of his time procuring what the Pahlavis had hoped to purchase themselves in Bombay, namely clothes, lingerie, accessories, a cinema outfit, a refrigerator, a red two seater for Princess Shams, who wanted a fancy car to drive around, and for Reza Shah, four large Persian rugs. Then came the 10 day trip to Mauritius. Uh, Japanese and German sap- submarines were cruising the Indian Ocean. Right here. Um, and so the Burma was shadowed all the way from Bo- Bombay to Mauritius by British warships. Uh, from the East India command. Uh, Reza Shah's food was prepared by his own cook. He didn't eat the food that uh, the ship's cook uh, prepared, uh, and uh, his old cook being um, a haggard opium addict. The trip was not pleasant. Uh, Princess Shams, uh, who was Reza Shah's eldest child, uh, and his youngest wife, uh, Malika Ismaq, were only 12 years apart. Uh, They often quarreled, apparently. And uh, it's interesting to note that neither of them mentions the other in their account. Both of them have written accounts of the trip, and neither of them mentions uh, the other. Um, The young princess, uh, the youngest child was about 12 or 13, the five children of uh, Malachi Esmat, the Shah's uh, third wife. And uh, in the evenings, they would listen to the news on the radio, And to show their antipathy to the British, they would occasionally shout, shout, vive la France, uh, to which the captain of the ship would respond, vive la France libre. Uh, La France libre, of course, being the government of General de Gaulle, uh, which was allied to uh, the British. On the morning of uh, October fifteenth, the verdant outlines of Mauritius appeared on the horizon. And by some very strange coincidence, it was also on the 15th of October that the HMS Northumberland had dropped anchor at St. Helena. So both Reza Shah and Napoleon arrived on the 15th of October. The imperial family had now spent 26 days at sea. They were eager to go ashore. But an Indian sailor named Sohrab, whose mother was an Iranian from Karaman and spoke Persian, told them that they would have to wait until 4 PM. So now let me tell you a little bit about the island they found, Mauritius. Uh, this is an island uh, south of the equator, measuring 1,865 square kilometers. Um, it had been first uh, Dutch, as there were no native inhabitants. So when the Dutch found it, it named it after one of their leaders, uh, Mauritius. Uh, There was no native population, it was people. Then the French took over and uh, in the course of the Napoleonic Wars, the British took over the island from the French. But the local white elite remained French. The British had a very liberal attitude. Uh, They allowed the French uh, settlers to keep their culture, to keep their language. And in return, the French settlers gave them their allegiance. So to this day, Mauritius is a perfectly bilingual island with French and English. Before Reza Shah's exile, there had been no contact between uh, Mauritius and Iran. Uh, the first Persian language discussion of Mauritius I know is in a travelogue of an Indo-Persian who journeyed from Bengal to India in the late 1760s. Uh, he gives an outline of the island, uh, mentions that it is home to many dragons, snakes, and scorpions, uh, but then tells us that French priests with their magic had driven these creatures out. Um, this is the Shagarf Naomi, Veloyat, Safanomea, Monshimuza E Tisalmuddin, Jun uh Dinah, John Puriba Engelistan, his Awustado Hashtot, his Awustato the Sid, has recently been published there. And a century later, it was a Mauritian's turn to get acquainted with Iran. This fact, I think, is not widely known. Joseph uh, Désiret Polnousan. Uh, who was now Serudine personal uh, doctor for three decades, uh, was originally a Mauritian. In fact, he was born on the island of Diego Garcia, which today is a major American base. Uh, In 1941, when the imperial family arrives, the island's population was about 400,000. And it fell into three main ethnic categories. Franco-Mauritians were a small minority who were the landowning elite, whites, in other words, French speaking whites. Then you had the Creoles, the so the called Creoles, people of mixed bloods, and a majority of Indians. Uh, Indians had been brought first to Mauritius as indentured laborers when slavery was outlawed, but uh, since then they had become the majority of the country. And among them, and this is important for the state, they were Muslims. The Muslims among the Indians of Arifas were less poor because they were merchants. They had come voluntarily as uh, merchants. They did include a few Twelver Shiites, uh, but these Twelver Shiites were Twelver Shiites from India, Khojas, and had absolutely no organic links with uh, Iran. So there wouldn't have been a, a pr- prominent uh, interlocutor for Iranian exiles. And beginning in the late 19th century, Muslims had gained a certain prominence in the island's social and political life. And by the time the Iranians arrived, uh, Port Louis, the capital of Mauritius, had already had a Muslim mayor uh, in 1938, uh, this gentleman here. And please have a good look at his hat. The governor of Mauritius in 1941 was Sir Bede Clifford, uh, whom you see here who had taken up his post in 1937. It is he who had personally agreed to receive Reza Shah and his entourage at very short notice. And he had only two weeks to make preparations. Now, why Mauritius? Um, The British essentially went around asking various colonial governors whether they wanted to have Reza Shah. Uh, The uh, Viceroy of India had refused for the reasons I just gave you. They didn't want Muslim agitation. Uh, in favor of uh, Reza Shah. Then they had talked to the governors of Kenya, Rhodesia, and Seychelles. And in Kenya, for instance, uh, the governor said that uh, military and security authorities are much opposed to Reza Shah's residence in Kenya, Tanganyika, Uganda, or Zanzibar in view of the possible repercussion on the large Indian, Arabic, and Somali Mohammedan population. I concur. So uh, in other words, nobody wanted Reza Shah uh, until Sir B. Clifford Clifford uh, decided to agree to have them. Now, uh, this uh, was not a given, because by the time Reza Shah arrived, there were already other exiles on the uh, island, uh, most importantly, a group of 1,500 Jewish refugees from uh, Europe uh, who had attempted to flee to Palestine but had not been allowed to uh, go ashore by the British, uh, who had then shipped them to Morocco, where they were interned in a camp, uh, to Mauritius, sorry, uh, where uh, they were interned in a camp under horrible uh, conditions. Uh, You see, uh, the men were put in a prison. Uh, Women were put in tents. Men, uh, I mean, uh, in married couples, the men were separated from uh, the women. Uh, and the whole idea was to deter others uh, from trying to get into Mandate Palestine in the middle of the uh, Second World War. And the camp, this camp that you see here, was set up in a place called Beaubassin, uh, not very far from the place that Reza Shah would end up uh, with. So um, the, uh, uh, I will not go further into uh, the situation of the internees uh, here. Uh, But uh, I think it's interesting to note, as we will see later on, the difference in treatment that uh, they got. Now, Reza Shah was also preceded by another statesman, whose state was very much like his. And this was Milan Stojadinović, who had been prime minister of Yugoslavia. And uh, who also tried to maintain a kind of neutral stance between the Germans and the Western allies. And for that reason, he had been arrested. And uh, the British had shipped him to uh, Mauritius uh, as well. In other words, by the time Reza Shah arrived there, the resources of the Mauritian authorities were stretched. They had to deal with 1,500 internees uh, in a camp. Uh, The weather was bad. Uh, The internees were dying. Uh, Medicine was scarce. Many Mauritian doctors were serving with the British forces elsewhere in the world. Uh, The Japanese and German presence, naval presence, in the Indian Ocean made communications with the rest of the world uncertain. Consumer goods and gas were in very short supply. This, after all, was an isolated island. And yet, as we will see in a minute, uh, the authorities made every effort to render the Iranians' involuntary sojourn less unpleasant, uh, as we will see now. Sir Clifford's uh, understanding was that the Shah was, quote, I'm quoting from an official British document now, to be treated as though he were a reigning sovereign visiting another state. In other words, treated like a state visit, not like a prison. And so when they arrived in Port Louis, uh, the capital, uh, let's have a map of uh, Mauritius. Here is the capital. This is where they arrive. Uh, the Jewish uh, refugees were in here, and Mocha uh, is the place where Rizoshar ends up. Uh, there had been an attempt to plant coffee beans in Mauritius by the French settlers. Mocha is, of course, a city in Yemen where where uh, coffee originates. Uh, that's why they have uh, called the place Mocha, but it was was an experiment that failed. So um, uh, they uh, were received with full honors. The uh, British, as we all know, are masters in uh, pomp and circumstance. So uh, the, uh, the governor put on his best uniform. Uh, local troops went uh, and stood at attention as Reza Shah set foot on the island. Uh, the trouble was that nobody knew what Iran's national anthem was. And uh, the music that they had was still the old national anthem, but they'd, uh, they didn't want to offend the Shah by playing the Rajar national anthem. So uh, they uh, had to improvise. Uh, the flag, well, fortunately, they found an old uh, issue of National Geographic magazine, uh, which had a picture of the, old Iran- of the Iranian flag, the tricolor. And so Lady Clifford, the wife of the uh, governor, uh, got a few society women together. And they sewed together a huge Iranian uh, flag replete with lion and sun. Now, royal palaces don't grow on bushes, uh, Sabit had observed. But fortunately, a high-ranking official, uh, Ferdinand Reynier, Reynier uh, put his residence at the disposal of uh, Sabit, uh, saving him much embarrassment and this resident was known as Chateau Valori uh, and was located here in Mecca in Mokka as uh, i told you Valori because again an attempt had been made to plant rice Valori rice valley uh, but that experiment hadn't worked out uh, either uh, the mansion was uh, actually to this day is famous in Mauritius it uh, had been built in 1913 uh, it has a special place in the architectural history of Mauritius, because it was only the second building to be constructed with reinforced uh, concrete. Uh, it was surrounded by a pleasant park uh, containing a little pond, and uh, was home to two turtles, which uh, Princess, Anne, Princess Shams wrote, uh, were twi- five times the size of the turtles uh, in Iran. And this is a contention that I was able to verify uh, when I went there. Uh, you see the, the turtles of Mauritius are absolutely uh, gigantic. And uh, here you have uh, a picture of the park at uh, uh It's relatively elevated, so the hope was that the weather would be somewhat more uh, clement. So uh, I'll show you some of them at the end, yeah. When Reza Shah and his family arrived, the big Iranian flag was flying from its highest uh, rooftop. The Cliffords went out of their way to honor their guests. And given the association between Napoleon and St. Helena and Reza Shah in Mauritius, they deemed it appropriate to furnish Valory the mansion uh, with uh, furniture from the museum. So uh, the Mauritius National Museum what well, is now the National Museum which was then a colonial museum uh, had pieces of furniture that had belonged to Napoleon's governor of uh, of Mauritius the last French governor so they took a huge bed with the, you know the eagle golden eagle and all of that and uh, brought it to the mansion so that uh, you know the emperor of Iran would have the impression of being in the same surroundings uh, that the emperor of of the uh, France would have had. Uh, they uh, uh, you know, uh, did all, everything they could, but to their big great disappointment, Reza Shah, who was a simple military man after all, preferred to sleep on a mattress on the floor. Uh, all through his life he had always slept on a mattress of the floor, on the floor, even in when he lived in the Marble Palace in uh, Tehran. Uh, the Iranians were provided with a French chef and a Creole uh, butler who served them with seriousness and benevolence. Uh, Scrine left after two weeks to become British consul in Nashad. Uh, and uh, the governor put a, one of uh, Mauritius, one of the best research, doctor, research physicians in Mauritius, H.D. Uh, Tonkin, Dr. H.D. Tonkin, as principal aide to uh, Reza Shah. Uh, language and physical education teachers were provided for the Shah's children. Now, uh, the arrival of the imperial family was reported in detail by the Mauritian uh, press. Um, and especially the Muslims of, uh, of Mauritius, whom I mentioned a minute ago, were very uh, excited about this. Uh, there were articles about him saying that he was a man of simple taste who had uh, Uh, who had tried to modernize this country. uh, And uh, there was even the uh, suggestion that he had chosen Mauritius because of its delicious climate, which, as you will see, was not at all the case. Um, And uh, then a biography of him uh, appeared. uh, And it was claimed that Reza Shah had abolished the the Red Fez uh, in 1925 and introduced a cap with a visor, the famous uh, um, And then it said he was criticized by the clergy because his visor made it impossible to pray. But he had solved this theological problem by announcing that a true believer always turned his cap backwards uh, so that the visor would point to the back. Um, and he had unveiled women. Uh, And the usages and customs of ancient Iran found passionate supporters among the young intellectuals uh, Iran. Uh, But then um, the editor of the uh, newspaper added a little footnote saying, "Hmm, this gentleman is confusing Kamal Ataturk with Reza Shah because it was Ataturk who had actually abolished the red cres in Turkey. Now, Reza Shah was uh, not happy in Mauritius, uh, to put it mildly. His wife remembers that he tried to listen to Radio Iran, but the reception was very bad. He was nervous and often talked to himself. He feared for his legacy and dreaded a return to political influence of the clerics, Ogun Bozi. He was dead right on that one. Uh, He would take long walks on the grounds of Valory wearing traditional gives because of his swollen feet. He felt insecure and slept with a revolver under his pillow. He would often summon his secretary to dictate some letters, but then tear them up and start afresh. In the beginning, the exiles were not allowed to have many contacts with uh, Iran. But then uh, in January 1942, uh, the Iranian government finally, after much negotiation, signed a tripartite treaty with uh, the Soviet Union and with Britain, which turned Iran from an occupied country into an allied country of uh, the Western powers. And from then on, the treatment that they received uh, was much more liberal. Uh, and uh, they were allowed to send letters to Iran and receive letters uh, and uh, so on. Uh, many of these letters uh, were first taken to uh, Cairo. Uh, in Cairo, a British censorship would open them. Uh, read them. And then those letters that were deemed uh, OK were forwarded to Tehran, to the imperial court in uh, Tehran. Others were kept. So beginning at the end of January, there's more contact uh, between Reza Shah and his son. And we have all the, ris- all the correspondence uh, between the young Shah on the throne in Tehran and his exiled father are uh, uh, existed. To give you an example of how far the British went to try to accommodate Reza Shah, uh, at one point, the cook that I just mentioned ran out of opium, and uh, this is reported to uh, Sir B. Clifford. Uh, and I suspect that the real story was that Reza Shah ran out of opium, uh, because, like all Iranian men of that age, uh, he took opium as a painkiller, not as an addict. But uh, you know, opium is a uh, is a well-known painkiller, and uh, every Iranian man over the age of sixty takes it. So uh, anyway, the official story was that his cook had run out of opium. So this is reported to the governor of the island. And of course, the British enforce a ban on opium. Uh, And so uh, the governor calls the chief of police uh, and comes, uh, come and see me. So the uh, chief of police, whose job it is to raid places and collect the opium. right? Uh, The governor tells him, well, can you get me some opium? Uh, He said, sir, I'm in the business of uh, confiscating opium, not of providing opium. Uh, But uh, in the end, they go to the Chinese quarter of Port Louis, uh, and they visit a few dodgy Chinese shops, and they manage to find the opium, uh, which is then uh, given to the uh, Iranian part. Now, uh, to me, what was interesting was to look whether the Iranians had any contact with Mauritian society. Uh, Princess Shams uh, talked about absolute seclusion, that they were isolated from Mauritian society. One reason was linguistic. Reza Shah, of course, knew some Russian because he had been a Cossack. His Turkish was good enough that he could speak to Ataturk when they met in 1934, but he knew neither French nor English. Uh, his children did, though, and he had, a, he had uh, encouraged his children to learn Western languages. And so the children, at least, were able to communicate with the Mauritians and act as interpreters for their father. The arrival of a former Muslim head of state was a big event for the Muslim community, exactly what the British had feared. Uh, because in some secret uh, uh, documents, They had expressed uh, the fear that Reza Shah might cause trouble among the Muslims in Mauritius. On October 21st, a few days after their arrival, a delegation of Muslim notables, including the president of the Juma Mosque and the former mayor, whose picture I showed you, uh, who was now a member of the parliament of Mauritius, go and visit Reza Shah. Uh, Achia, the mayor, welcomed him in the name of the Muslim community and told him of the joy the Iranians' presence occasioned among the colony's Muslims. Um, But Princess Shams sensed that the governments and leaders of Mauritius were not pleased uh, with this solicitude. Uh, They need not have worried because Uh, the audience that Reza Shah granted this group of notables, Muslim notables, was only 15 minutes. Uh, After the initial excitement was over, the Mauritian press um, writes less and less about them. Then on uh, 20th of November, another big news, uh, a car driven by Prince Mahmoud Reza ran into a car that that was backing out of a driveway there's a big accident, um, and a Mauritian doctor is sent to, uh, uh, to look after the, uh, the injured people. They're rushed to a hospital, and that was the only time that Reza Shah ever left uh, his mansion to visit his son. Uh, and uh, of course, at the time, nobody knew. But the doctor who treated the uh, prince and Izadi uh, was none other than Siwusagor Rangulam who in 1965 becomes the leader of the Mauritian independence movement and becomes the first pre- uh, prime minister of uh, independent uh, Mauritius. In 1972, he goes to Tehran on a state visit as prime minister of independent uh, Mauritius. Now, in uh, the discussions of Reza Shah, the fez, uh, the headgear, plays an important role. And Princess Shams tells us that all the Muslim men were running around with red fezes uh, which you can see here, and this is interesting because it's a case of sort of non-Western globalization. The uh, the fez had been invented in the Ottoman Empire and had obviously become the preferred headgear of Muslim men in many places outside the Ottoman Empire, including uh, uh, Mauritius. And uh, its abolition by Atatürk had created a huge trauma among uh, Muslims everywhere when it had been forbidden in uh, uh, 1925. At the end of uh, Ramadan, the Muslims again sent a delegation to Reza Shah. Uh, Reza Shah barely takes uh, note of them. Uh, He was seen to be in a very bad mood, and uh, the Muslims leave after only five minutes. Uh, So here they get the message. They get the message that uh, even though they were very excited about the Muslim emperor coming to the island, the Muslim emperor wasn't interested in that. In 1972, as I mentioned, a Mauritian delegation goes to Tehran. And uh, one of the members of this delegation uh, later wrote an account of his trip. And uh, it's interesting what he says. He says, Mauritians of my generation must still have a memory of the princes and princesses who had accompanied their father. Their royal status did not facilitate social intercourse, and attempts to contact usually met with imperious refusal. Some Muslim dignitaries wishing to present their respect to the exiled king by invoking religious affinity were received on the lawn of Valory, their residence in Morca, and dismissed after hardly five minutes without the elementary exchange. Uh, This attitude stands in sharp contrast to that of previous royal exiles in the Indian Ocean. For instance, the uh, uh, sultan from uh, Malaysia, uh, Sultan Abdullah of Perak, uh, had been exiled for many years in, in the Seychelles. He had very cordial relations. There were intermarriages between the exiled courts and the local population. And um, you know they they really tried to integrate with the local population, whereas uh, Reza Shah's and his family remained aloof from the local population. Now this Mauritian minister that I just quoted uh, suspected that it was sort of royal disdain for the locals. What he could not know was racial prejudice on the part of Reza Shah. Because in the British documents, we read that in November, Reza Shah's uh, oldest accompanying son, Prince Ali Reza, who was, as I said, the uh, heir presumptive of uh, Iran, told uh, Sabid Clifford, the governor, that the Shah dislikes the Mauritius climate and the preponderance of colored population. In other words, there were too many dark-skinned people on the island for his taste. Not so much for uh, the uh, non-white natives, but uh, relations with the whites were also difficult because the Franco-Mauritian elite uh, ignored the Iranians completely, except for those who were assigned to be teachers. Uh, I met one woman while I was in the the archive in Mauritius. I I met one woman uh, who was doing research there, and when she saw me, she said, oh, my aunt gave violin lessons to, uh, to uh, one of the princesses. Now, Clifford, the governor, had requested, here I'm quoting, the leading members of local society to help make their stay here agreeable, uh, but thought that the parties were temperamentally so incompatible that he anticipated little cordiality uh, between them. Beautiful English understatement. Uh, little cordiality between them. And uh, in a confidential report, Scrine wrote, quote, there is, very, there is a very strong color bar here. And I regret to say that in spite of the strong lead given by Sir Beat and Lady Clifford, Mauritian society outside the small British official and military circles do not seem inclined to show friendliness to the Persians or to put, them, to put itself out in any way on their behalf. Now, uh, why were the uh, Franco Mauritians so aloof, so standoffish vis vis the uh, uh, Iranians? The color bar may have played a role, but it wasn't the only reason. Uh, the uh, other reason was that in the 1930s, uh, a number of articles in, uh, appeared in the French press in France which poked fun at the Shah and played on the pun uh, between Shah, C H A T, which means cat and Shah C-H-A-H, which means king. So uh, there was always Shah Persan, the Persian cat, or Persian Shah, with lots of caricatures. This, in fact, seems to have been a running gimmick um, all the time. Um, The Shah, of course, could not brook any uh, caricatures. So in 1938, he had broken relations with France. And so this break in diplomatic relations between France and uh, Iran, Motivated the uh, French elite of Mauritius, which, you know, even though their allegiance was through the British crown, still had affinities with France, to remain aloof of uh, Reza Shah. At the end of the day, however, the fact is that Reza Shah himself chose to live a secluded life at uh, uh He found the articles that appeared in the press insulting. And his children tell us deep down he wouldn't have. He, he didn't even like his children to mix with uh, the locals, which of course did not prevent prevent them from going around, going to cinemas, going to um, theaters, uh, you know, partying uh, when they could, uh, and so. On. Uh, and to underscore his uh, feeling, I mean, he wanted essentially to show uh, that he felt himself to be a prisoner. The British tried very hard to make it seem as though he was not, hence this treatment of a visiting uh, visiting head of state. But he himself felt that he was a prisoner. And to underscore that, he left uh, only on two occasions, one, as I said, after the uh, when his son was injured in a car accident. And the other one also, again, shows his, uh, his simple lifestyle uh, when the um, uh, treaty was signed uh, between Iran and the two occupying powers in January 1942, the governor decided to give a dinner party uh, for the guests, uh, of course, you know, wearing black tie, uh, tuxedos, and so on. And Reza Shah, who couldn't be bothered with the civilian clothes, hated the idea of wearing a black tie and a tuxedo even more. So uh, it was decided that his family would go and have dinner around the dinner table at the governor's uh, mansion. Uh, And Reza Shah would show up after dinner, have a drink, and then leave again. Uh, And um, uh, it was Feriduna Jam, his uh, his son-in-law, who basically had to put the black uh, bow tie around his uh, neck uh, and dress him in a tuxedo. And he was cursing all the time, you know, what is this? I'm a simple man. I want to wear a uniform, etc. And then he showed up uh, finally after dinner, and he could only stand it for 10 minutes. Uh, And after 10 minutes, uh, he asked to be uh, returned to uh, his home. Um, I have no evidence of of, uh, uh, the uh, any contact between uh, the imperial family and the Jewish internees, except that Princess Shams, in her travelogue, which appeared in Iran mentions a ship that had come to Mauritius whose passengers had, because of the war, not been allowed to continue their journey. Uh, At no place does she mention that they were Jews. Um, And it's an interesting fact. I don't know why. Um, But uh, these Jews actually included a number of musicians uh, and soon after they had arrived, they had actually formed an orchestra. The, the local Mauritian population took pity on them and collected instruments, gave them instruments. They formed an orchestra, and they performed. And one of these uh, people, one of these musicians, became the piano teacher of, uh, of uh, uh, and Mr. Grunberg, uh, became the piano teacher of uh, Princess uh, Shams. Now uh, for the departure. As I said, from the beginning, Reza Shah was unhappy in Mauritius. And from the beginning, he harangued the governor through his son, through his son-in-law, to let them leave, uh, to let them leave again. And they would always say, oh, yes, you know, we'll think about it. Uh, we'll transmit your wishes to our superiors in London. We'll see what we can do about it, uh, and uh, so on. Now, in response to one such request, uh, Leo Avery, the Secretary of State for India, had written, quote, and this is a very interesting uh, quote, I have read with some amusement Reza Shah's requests to be allowed to go somewhere like Buenos Aires, where there are more cinemas and music halls than on your delectable island. Because the princes and the princesses were constantly complaining that there was not entertainment. There was not enough entertainment. And so they wanted movies and you know, cabarets. I don't know if you and Alice could educate him on to the level of preferring beautiful scenery to boulevards and instill in him some appreciation of a simpler emotional life by the short course in Paul et the famous novel that I talked about. Uh, but after the uh, uh, treaty was signed, the British authorities became more amenable, amenable, amenable to moving the shah to Canada not to South America, but to Canada, which, after all, was a part of the British Empire, and negotiations began. Um, as time went on, more and more Iranians went home. The party became smaller and smaller. And uh, when uh, his wife and his daughter left, Reza Shah's physical health and mood deteriorated sharply. The Mauritian doctors, who were you know, sent at, uh, all the time uh, diagnosed his medical problem, uh, problems as progressive cardiac failure secondary to malignant cachexia. i have no idea what cachexia is. If there's a doctor here, they would be able to tell us. And in early April, Reza Shah developed a sudden attack of cardiac failure. But his condition improved after he was persuaded by his doctors to cut down on drink, uh, because apparently he was something of an alcoholic. Um, according to the British sources, uh, his daily consumption consisted of two-thirds of a pint of brandy nightly, and a bottle of redder white wine during the day. So uh, he is persuaded to cut down, and his health improves. Now uh, he um, uh, had Always requested to go. And finally, uh, it is accepted that he uh, leaves uh, the uh, the uh, island. So uh, let me show you a few pictures uh, before I get to his departure uh, that were published in Iran. Uh, I, I found them on a website. that so the quality isn't good. Forgive the website, but it gives you an idea. Um, this is uh, Reza Shah standing. Uh, With uh, his daughter and his sons and uh, uh, his uh, uh, Dalmat, his son in law. Uh, Here you find him uh, seated on the veranda of uh, the palace again, dressed up in. uh, This is uh, Malike Ismat, his youngest wife, Dola Chahi, the mother of his five youngest children. Here you find her with his oldest daughter, uh, Princess Shams, who died in Santa Barbara, I think. Uh, Here you find, see how young his youngest son was, Uh, a a boy, essentially. Here you find him again, and you see his disheveled look. I mean, no tie, wearing givers, where Prince Ali Reza, uh, the younger brother of the last trial, is sort of neatly dressed in a blazer, and uh, so on. You wanted to see a uh, picture. I went there. I managed to sneak in. Uh, it's officially off limits, uh, but you know one finds ways. So uh, I went in, and uh, I'll tell you why the why the house uh, looks like that in a minute. But uh, for the time being, let's go back to the geopolitical situation of the Indian Ocean, and uh, which may or may not explain why the British finally allowed him to leave. Uh, the official story is that he had complained about the weather. Uh, his health was deteriorating. So finally, the British took pity and allowed him to leave. This is the official story. Uh, there may be a secondary story. I was not, it, it's hinted at left and right. Uh, but I've never seen, I've gone through all the British documents, I've never seen uh, real proof. And that was uh, the way that the Second World War was unfolding. Because by early 1942, uh, the Japanese had taken Singapore, which was the biggest defeat that the British suffered in the East Asian military theater. From Singapore, the Japanese were penetrating the Indian Ocean and people bombarding Ceylon, the island of Ceylon here. Now, next to Mauritius, you have the big island of Madagascar, which was a French colony. Uh, the governor of Madagascar uh, followed the uh, French government of Vichy, the Vichy regime, which, of course, was allied to Hitler, uh, fighting against the British. And so uh, the British consul in uh, Madagascar was, for six months had no contact with Britain. And there was talk about the colonial authorities in Madagascar, the pro-Vichy, pro-fascist. Or authorities in Madagascar, making a deal with the Japanese, allowing the Japanese to set up a base in Madagascar. And so uh, the hypothesis is that the British wanted to prevent Reza Shah to fall into the hands of the Japanese. Because if Japan had conquered Mauritius, and the Jewish internees on Mauritius tell us that the fear was there, that they were told that any, at any given minute the Japanese might attack Mauritius. Uh, So there are blackouts at night and so on. And the fear was that the Japanese might capture Mauritius, coming from both sides with the help of the Vichy authorities on Madagascar, set up a provisional government of Iran in exile under the leadership of Reza Shah, which would then stir up trouble inside uh, Iran. And it's for that reason that they accepted to take him to South Africa. As I said, this hints about this appear left and right, but I have seen no proof uh, of it. Um, but uh, the, when, Sir, uh, Cle- when uh, Clifford is transferred to become governor of Trinidad uh, in South America, a ship is sent uh, for him, and the imperial family is allowed to board the same ship. So what's left of them? There are very few. Most of them had left by this time. They go to South Africa. They uh, spend a few days in Durban uh, in a hotel, and then they're taken to Johannesburg in South Africa, where uh, uh, Reza Shah lives another two years and then dies in uh, 1944. So um, that's uh, the story of uh, Reza Shah's exile in uh, Mauritius. Uh, just a little. Uh, uh, epilogue about uh, the house, uh, uh When the royal family left, uh, the owner came back and lived in it. Uh, as I said, it's a house which has played a very important role in the architectural history of uh, Mauritius. Uh, and then in 1972, diplomatic relations are established between Iran and Mauritius. Uh, because in 1968, uh, the British left the Indian Ocean. This was the famous policy of East of Suez. Uh, Suez, of course, is here. The British were leaving all this area because they couldn't afford it, essentially, to stay. And so uh, the Shah of Iran wanted to take their place. The Shah, the Shah of Iran wanted to, uh, wanted to keep the superpowers out of the Indian Ocean. He had this grand scheme of keeping the superpowers out of the Indian Ocean by creating an alliance. Iran, uh, South Africa, and Australia, and India, the major powers around the Indian Ocean. And um, so uh, in anticipation of this, the Iranian Navy uh, was uh, uh, given the task of expanding its presence in the Indian Ocean. Uh, and uh, the idea was to create a base on uh, Mauritius. And when uh, Prime Minister Goulan, uh in 1972 visits Iran, he hints at that, except it never happens. It never happens. Uh, and the Iranians, as late as 1977, start negotiations with the government of the Seychelles, uh, which is here for a base. And uh, in anticipation of that, Princess Shams uh, makes a visit to uh, Mauritius in September 1972. And on that occasion, negotiations begin for Iran to purchase the uh, Valori Palace, the mansion, and uh, turn it into a museum, which is precisely what had happened in Johannesburg. In Johannesburg, uh, uh, the, uh, the home of Aadi Zahedi and the South African ambassador were neighbors. And so they started, you know, as they started neighborly uh, negotiations, which ended up in the Iranians buying the house where Reza Shah had lived in Johannesburg and turning it into a museum. Uh, They tried to do the same in uh, in Moka, in Mauritius. Uh, The deal took time to be finalized. By 1976, 1977, uh, restoration in the house began, uh, except, of course, that it was cut short by the revolution. And uh, this explains why uh, the building right now uh, has, uh, is in the state. Uh, it's un- it has an unfinished look. Inside, there's no plaster on anything. The garden is overgrown. And uh, the um, uh, Islamic Republic uh, asked an, a Mauritian Muslim family to live there and to see their clothes drying in the sun. Uh, so there is this uh, family that lives there. They're paid uh, with a monthly check from the Iranian embassy in Madagascar. And um, it's just lying there to the, uh, to, the great, uh, uh, to the great sorrow of historically conscious Mauritians who would like this gem of architecture to be accessible to the Mauritian population. In uh, 2018, uh, it was announced that this was up, to, up for sale. And there was big excitement. My Mauritian friends uh, sent me all these newspaper articles. You know, Valori is up for sale. Perhaps we could do something for it. I, in fact, by uh, you know, it's through indirect means, uh, informed Reza Pahlavi of it, uh, in case a member of the royal family was interested in buying a residence in uh, in Mauritius, but they were not, uh, and so uh, nothing came of this, and. Uh, but most recently, they uh, said that uh, it's actually not for sale. Uh, and so the, um, the stalemate uh, continues. Nobody knows uh, what's going to happen uh, to, uh, to this building. Um, as I said, it's, uh, one is not allowed to, uh, to go there, but uh, there was a group of uh, Franco of, uh, Mauritians interested in. Uh, in the history of uh, their country. So uh, I happened to be there when they organized the trip. That's why I was able to, uh, to visit the place, uh, which you can see here. Thank you. Thank you.